When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room podcast, the number one Cardiff City podcast brought to you by Wales Online in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. Cardiff City still haven't got a win. They were taught a bit of a lesson by Eden Hazard and company at Stamford Bridge. But we're going to try and take some of the positives as well as pick over the negatives uh, in the podcast this week. Delighted to be joined, as always, by Nathan Blake. Good afternoon, one and all. And Paula Bandonato. Hello, everybody. Let's get straight into it then. Uh, as well as discussing the Chelsea defeat, we'll be discussing strikers, we'll be discussing Junior Hoylet. Um, lots of questions for Blakey as we look ahead to Man City as well and look over Blakey's predictions, which I'll save the results for until the end of the pod. So let's start at Stamford Bridge then, Nathan. And yeah. um, you and I exchanged a, a glance. At a loving final, glance, Dominic. I wouldn't call it a loving <laughs> glance, but it was uh, something resembling a knowing glance yeah. at the final whistle. It was just an acceptance of Cardiff were very well beaten here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say um, I, it was strange because I felt like 4-1. I didn't, I didn't feel we got drummed at any point, right? But at the same time, I didn't think Chelsea really got out of the second gear. And I do think Chelsea are probably vulnerable at the back, their two centre-halves especially. Um, and I think if you speak to most people fans who play up against Chelsea or have played Chelsea, they would say you can get their two centre-backs. So, um, I was, I was, I expected the result because I said I, I thought they'd lose 3-0, uh, 4-1, but um, there was nothing really that I thought, oh, that's really encouraging or, you know, from a Cardiff perspective. I just felt Chelsea were quite comfortable, you know, second gear sort of thing. Cardiff done well to take the lead, um, doing what they do best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I, I just thought we were just just short all over. To be honest with you, there was a period in the second half mm. which, I, which I found really interesting. Chelsea did seem, like you say, to go really into second gear. Maybe they went into first gear. Mm. Hazard seemed to drift out of the game more than he had done for the rest of it anyway. And Cardiff weren't really able to capitalise. I think there was a chance for Reed. Went narrowly past the post. I can't particularly remember anything else in that period, but that was when Cardiff really could have asserted themselves on the game. Yeah. And would, would you say that was because uh, Cardiff were good or because Chelsea were bad? Not bad, but you understand what, the, what I mean. The, sort of the reason for the Cardiff getting, as you say, a little foothold in that game. I don't know if it was Chelsea point. just taking their foot off the gas. I, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. I don't think it's because Cardiff we're playing well I just I just think at the moment I wouldn't say we're out of our depth but I would say we need more you know we need and, and it's not just you know goals it's not just you know midfield it's it's from back to front front to back I think I think all players would acknowledge that they need to be better definitely um, and, I, and I, I still maintain you know you can't You've got to go through each game and take it as an individual. Um, going to Chelsea and, and playing open doesn't make sense to me. Playing against Man City, whether home and away, wouldn't make openly wouldn't make sense to me. Liverpool the same. I think those are games that you've got to shut down and got to accept that you're just going to be doing a lot of running, a lot of work. But then you also work on how you counter attack. I've said this from day one: how you counter attack where the opposition's weakness is and try and exploit it. And for me, Saturday, their weakness was centre-back position. Rudiger and Luis, both 
well, Luis is more of a midfield player, I think. He's better in a three. But one-on-one, -on -one, I think, you know, he could have been got at. I think Rudiger could have been got at. I just don't think we exploited them enough. And I, I, and I would say then, if you're going to be open against Chelsea, right, because this was kind of like the statements coming out after the game from the camp that we went for it sort of thing. Does that mean you're going to be open and you're going to go for it again? Southampton away and Watford away and Brighton away. Because I would say, you know, this is like a, at the moment, it's like a game of chess. You've got to have kind of well, you know, how you played against Chelsea. A plan for every yeah, team. Yeah. And how you played against Chelsea would be similar to how you would play against Liverpool against Man City, against Manchester United, then you would adopt slightly different when you're home against Southampton, you play one way, but when you're away against Southampton, you'd adopt and change how you're going to play. So I just think at the moment, we're, no one's kind of nailed it as in, right, this is what we're doing. It's kind of like, it seemed to be in the first few games they weren't sure whether they were going to play defensive or, you know, and counter-attack or press up high. That was the first three or four games. Then we've come against Chelsea and we've kind of said, well, we've gone for it a bit, which I would say, well, that's the wrong way round. This is the games that you shut up shop and, you know, close up and try and, try and nick a point. You've got to. Uh, every point is precious. I think my fear is we're going to get to 15 games like early Christmas, West Ham, we're not going to have enough points on the board and we're going to be kind of in a bit of a tailspin on, you know, what to do next because there doesn't seem to be any sort of, right, this is what we're doing in this game. This is what we're doing at that game. This, this, it's kind of been... Uh, you, you say that, Blakey, and much, I, I, I wonder what Paul thinks. When Cardiff were 1-0 up and even at one all, mm. were they good enough to stop Ed Hazard to keep the score at one all? Or was, was Eden Hazard too good on the day? Well, well, he obviously was too good on the day. and uh, I mean, I, it's easy to say things in hindsight, but I, I, I think against these bigger teams, Cardiff need to go five at the back. I don't think Cardiff are good enough in midfield or, or up top or even defensively to cope with the Hazards. Look, look Hazards arguably the best player in the Premier League, but there's a pretty special player in every one of the, um, the top the top teams Six, yeah. um, and I think against the top teams they should be going five at the back with the three meatheads as Blakey affectionately calls them mm. in the middle Jazz Richards as the right wing back and Joe Bennett as the left wing back and work around that so, but, but, but you know what you know Blakey says yeah, that might be a way of hanging on for a draw or, or something like that Cardiff would probably lose under that system as well to a team of Chelsea's quality Sorry, Dom, but what, it, what, what Saturday showed me was that if you did shut down, right, you can nick a goal on a, on a set yeah. piece. But if you try and shut down the game, like Cardiff were too open, and how many times did you see this, Dom? The goalkeeper, Chelsea's keeper, Kepper, ping a ball straight down the middle, down the middle from inside the 18-yard box, down dead centre to either Giroud or Hazard around the halfway line who would turn the ball outside of the foot round the corner to the one Giroud or Hazard who's higher and I'm, I'm saying you know okay you might do that once even twice but it happened on numerous occasions and it happened then where defenders were just playing straight through the whole midfield I was going to say even the centre-backs were hitting Hazard's the, yeah, chest it was, yeah it was, it was too easy they were too open in that situation, if you're going to go with that four-four-two system, in my and this, these are my opinions, right, Paul? I, I played the game a long time, so I understand it as well. But in my opinion, if I'm in that game, I'm saying to the midfield four, shut, shut it, close in, go in, tighten. Don't play as a four-four-two. Play as a back four with a midfield four that's actually narrower than your back four, and then myself or the other strike is going to drop in to help you and we're just going to leave one floating up and that one a little lesson for the strikers instead of going centrally pick a side right and then when the defenders clear the ball have a plan something small but it allows you to release and get out pick a side as a striker 
or in training understand that right I'm read and I'm going to be down the left most times so if I'm panicking and I'm clearing the ball I know bang I'm just going to put it down the left hand side because I know that's where read is that way you're only 1v1 with a defender if you clear it centrally you've got two defenders these are little things that I say you've got to be cute and you've got to pick up on early doors because if you see other teams who play one up front you think how do they keep getting out how do they release and it's Nine times out of ten, it's down the channel. And the, the, the striker is already in that channel rather than thinking, I'm going to make that channel. Because the defenders just split and they're always at, the, at an advantage. I think there was once or twice where the ball released and we were able to get it to Ward, who was able to hold it up a bit, either draw a free kick or release it to the Hoylet on the wide, the left or the wide right. So there's, 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 there's little things continually I'm looking and thinking gotta be cuter gotta have you know gotta recognise that when you're watching the DVD right we've tried to get out four or five times there Chelsea just picked up the second ball and, and come back at us so what's happening why they've got to be cuter at the back as well though Blakey because just all round I think Don but we talk about them trying to be more attacking as well though but like, like you say you, get, you don't get points at Stamford Bridge without being excellent defensively. Absolutely. Cardiff weren't, yeah. weren't really excellent defensively, were they? I mean, I think the, the the Hazard first goal where he deceives Bennett with a little faint was magnificent from him, virtually unstoppable. Mm. I think the Willian goal and the second Hazard one, mm. potentially preventable with better marking. Mm. And the penalty that Bamba gave away for me was was really silly. Yeah. I think like Willian was going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. I think you've been a little bit harsh there, Tom, to be honest with you. I, I thought that... Um, Obviously, the, it's the hazard, fir- you know. The first goal, Joe Bennett is a is. There's an argument saying Joe Bennett is pound for pound Cardiff's best player at this level. All right, which is a big statement to make, but I think you understand where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, on that. Definitely. So Joe Bennett is a Premier League left back, in my opinion. Hazard could have done that to any de- any defender in the world. That was just genius. Um, I thought the second goal, they just got a lucky break in the box, right? And it suddenly fell the Hazard off a deflection, and he, or rather, he then scored off a deflection as well. Yeah, Sol Bamba will think that he shouldn't have made that challenge. The game had gone by the time William whacked that ball in. You know, the tired Cardiff legs. I think you've been a little bit harsher. I actually thought Cardiff's defenders, personally, considering what they were up against, did as well as could be expected of them. Yeah, maybe I feared, right. I feared before the game that Manga, who's not a right-back, would be torn to shreds by Hazard. But that didn't really happen. Hazard sort of went inside more. Right, to, so, that's, that's, so there's Cardiff's... If you're... Managing, or you watched Chelsea. Yeah, I was watching and thinking, right, second half, that's Cardiff's out left, let manga. Because what keeps happening is Hazard keeps drifting, and he's, he's not the same as last season. He's got a free roll this season. He's not asked to defend. Yeah, yeah. So what's going to happen is when he drifts across, you've got to make a decision. And if you're a tight midfield four, you've worked on right. If he comes across, he comes into this space. He's mine. If he comes in this space, he's yours. This space is, and as he goes across, what you don't do is follow him back on four if you can help it. However, what that leaves is Manga open if you win the ball back or it goes through to the keeper, right? So there's your outlet all the time. But he's not he's not a right back. Really, it does, he doesn't it? have to be. He just gets the ball and no. gives it to the, the, the man in front of him. I mean, there was a moment in the first half where I actually had to look twice if what I'd seen, my eyes were deceiving me, but... I think he did a little bit of a back flick and took on Alonso and beat him for pace. Down the right corner. Yeah, and yeah. Alonso got back. Yeah, yeah. just about. Um, yeah. But, you know, Manga's a centre-back at the end of the and day. He's not an overlapping full-back no. to offer that outlet. And the, the, the other thing I would say, the debate you two are having about Hazard, you have to try and stop it at source, mm. number one. Yeah. Right? And if you can't do that, what you do is you make two, three players aware of, right, He's in this area. To me, it was just he, Hazard was just drifting off the line into that sort of number ten position, yeah. And sometimes even deeper than that. And then sometimes he find himself on the right. Sometimes he find himself on the left. Sometimes down the middle. So he basically, you knew after about fifteen minutes, he's kind of got got a free roll with no yeah. defensive duties yeah. here, right? So okay, when we when we're going through right trying to close down, blah, 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 blah. Make us aware half-time, we know, right, bang, 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 the outlet, Bruno. Because 
Hazard's not going to chase you. Here and there might do, but he's not going to chase you. And nine times out of ten, he's coming off the line anyway, so he's going to be in the central position or even on the right side often he was. But is that a ploy by Sarri because he knew that Cardiff were playing without a recognised right back and without a recognised right winger? Well, I don't, I don't say you can... I, don't, I disagree with when you say without a recognised right back. He, well, he won the league. He won the, the, you know, Cardiff won the championship with Manga in that position. You can't keep, I think we all know Manga's better at centre-back though. I would say he was anyway. Well, I, I don't know because when Bruno played centre-back, he tended to make mistakes that led to major issues or major goals. So I wouldn't say... I would say... I would agree and say, yeah, if I had to play him somewhere, I'd probably play him centre-back. But I don't... I'm not with this, uh, he's just a covering right-back because he's... You know, you've got Paltier, who's a right-back by trade, and he's keeping him out of the team. I thought that but Warnock clearly thinks that he can do it and he's won the championship with that back four basically I do think that when Jazz Richards came on in the second half though Hazard's space seemed to be more limited I I think I don't he was quieter you think the game was on then do you no I don't I just don't think um, I felt a bit sorry for Jazz because he was having to just track him basically I'm sure he did a man to man job on him isn't there isn't there an argument for saying that Jazz is a good player to do that against his better teams Blakey though well the argument to me was that for Wales yeah the argument to me would be that he's not played in how many months yeah and asking to go up against as you two have said one of the best players in the world and do a man for man marking job is not even a big ask is beyond do you know what I mean? He didn't handle it too badly, though, did he? In terms of Hazard was a bit well, quieter. Hazard's got a hat trick, mate. Yeah, but two, <laughs> two of them were, he's got a So Hazard's not going to be up, up, up. Once the game was over at yeah. two, three, one, it was you know, and Hazard is is quite a he, he plays in cruise mode, doesn't he? So I just I don't know. I, I just, guess the best players do, don't they? That's mm, it. They cruise and mm, then they explode mm, when it matters, and and that's what that's what he did twice in the first half. And once that second goal's gone in, yeah. it's game over. Yeah, really. absolutely. Let's talk quickly before we finish this section on Junior Hoyler. Is the other one I've got scribbled down here. I'm slightly concerned about his form, Blakey. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't be. Only five games into the season, but he. He appeared to be running into a complete roadblock in Aspilicueta uh, against Chelsea. Hasn't really had a shot in anger all season, I don't think, mm. which is unusual considering, you know, How good he, he, was he, was last la- he was lighting up the league last season. Yeah. What, what's happening? Um, I'd say it's more of a psychological issue with uh, Junior. Uh, he might agree, might not agree, but um, I've seen players who step to the Premier League and are not convinced in their own head that they're, you know, that's where they're best. And I think, you know, my advice to him would be there was about three or four occasions on Saturday, especially in the second half, where he was 1v1 and he turned out and passed the ball backwards. I would say, do you know what, Jun, just, just, just get and run at him. Just, just don't even think I'm going to Skill him more, trickery. Just push it and race him. Right? Push it and race him, first and foremost. And if you beat him in a race, straight away, he's going to think differently next time the ball's at your feet. Right? Because you don't have to drop a skill on him to beat him. He knows that. So straight away, a good defender, top defender like Aspilicueta, would probably give you another yard. Yeah, yard of space, which then allows you to attack him, attack him inside, outside. You know, then you can maybe drop a skill on him or two. But the first couple of occasions, just run him, burn Why? him. If you get, if you run it out for a goal kick, fine. If you run it out and he slides and get a corner, fine. If you run it out and he tackles you and it goes for a throw in, fine. But just let him know that on his outside shoulder, you are prepared to attack him. And I think... But why didn't he do that? Because he's not confident at the moment. too good? No, no, no. He's just not confident at the moment. Because he's played against lesser opposition. And for me, he's still not zinging. He's still not where he was last season. And that's why I say I think it's more of a psychological issue rather than... It's self-belief. 
I think he, he, he he's kind of, to me, he looks like he's playing with a, with a bit of doubt in himself rather than think, I'm going to try and be the main man of the team. Has, um, has the signing of Josh Murphy maybe affected him? Is a player who seems to thrive in exactly I don't Boyle's th- position. I, no, I don't think it's... Uh, I, I'm, I'm just trying to give you a perspective that where I've seen other people in my career what, what's yeah, happened. Yeah, I'm just trying to come up with reasons yeah, why, really. I, I don't think that would have much to do with it because he knows he's going to play and he knows Neil um, Warnock, he's, he's his, one, his first choice then. Do you know what I mean? So, and he never takes him off no matter how he's yeah, playing. Yeah, so he's going to play left or right regardless. So I don't think the signing of Murphy has, has put him in any sort of under any sort of undue pressure. I just think it's it's... He needs to have a, a good game, I think, and maybe a goal. And then I think his confidence, his confidence would lift automatically anyway in that situation. But at the moment, he's just... It's like he's not sure himself. I think Hoyler is, is a bit of a, a microcosm for the rest of the team, in a way. All a little bit unsure. Obviously, all fantastic in the Championship, proven in the Championship, but still feeling their way into being a Premier League player and to improving themselves at this level, which is strange considering Hoyler has well, it's, played there it, before. It's belief, and it, it's not strange, Tom. You, you get it a lot of times, you know, players who go up to the, from the Championship to the Premier League. You know, it, it, it is. There's so much, especially now, there's so much written about it, and yeah. it's such a big deal. Um, well, you've done it, you know. And you know you've got it, you've got it, you've, you know, you know if your team's good enough to be in there really and truly but if you feel you're not good enough to be in there as a team you're going to have to you, you know there's all different ways you've got all different things you've got to try just to try and get yourself to stay up it's as simple as that or give yourself the opportunity best opportunity of staying up I think there was one disappointing moment in particular I think the score was 2-1 and and Hoylet was in space down Cardiff's left so it would have been up against Aspilicueta yeah I'm sure he was on the other side against Alonso a couple of times, but anyway, he he was in his own half just and just I can't remember if he went backwards as Blakey said or if he just stopped in mid in full flow and then just gave it inside to one of the lesser less creative players in the team. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And I just thought there that's not like him, you know. Just yeah. take him on, Junior, because with respect. The players you're passing to are not going to take on their players. Mm. You've got the ability to. Mm. Just He's the one who's on. got the, uh, no, the dancing past what, defenders champ. Yeah, and what I don't understand is the lack of confidence that Blakey's talking about, which is clearly there, mm. because otherwise he wouldn't have done that. Mm. Um, because he knows that he is a Neil Warnock favourite. If you look at the facts and figures, and I haven't got them in front of me, but I have looked at them before, he, he plays more minutes than... Pretty much any other crease, you know, not apart from the back four, we tend to stay on the field as a, as a general yeah, all the time. Yeah. He's on that field all the time, isn't he? You know, he doesn't get taken off like other wide players or strikers or midfielders. Mm. So he knows he's playing. He knows he's a Warnock favourite. So he's got nothing to lose. Sort of but thing, the other thing the is, he's also done it at this level, has he not? Well, I think he, there's always... At least he's played at this he's level. He's played at this like, level, but I think it was, when he was younger, he was... And at, at QBR and at Blackburn, I think mm, before Blackburn, that, yeah. I think there was a lot of. I almost think it was too much expectation on him as a youngster. But now, as he's he's can be, he's you know he's he's, he's old for a footballer, I suppose <laughs> if you want to say that. Uh, but I still think psychologically he's thinking. I, I'm not sure. I honestly, do I just think that the way his body language is, and at times on Saturday I was thinking, oh, right. Relish that position there, left-hand side, 1v1. Aspilicueta is already backing off as you're going towards him. And he decided to turn out and just play back. Now, you know, last year, Junior was just got at him. Inside, outside, twisting, turning, step over, this, yeah. that and the other. Yeah. I don't care if the shot hits the corner flag. I'm not bothered. It's just what I know... Junior at his best can do to defenders. Yeah. I don't care who the defender is. Well, well last year the best one they would have played f- was would have been someone like Alan Hutton. Yeah, he dropped a shoulder on him. He dropped a shoulder on a defender. And he, he, it doesn't matter if he's ten or fifty. Most people go for it when you just do that fainting move. So yeah. he just he just needs a good, even a good ten minute, twenty minute spell in the game where he's kind of on fire. You know what I mean? And I think you know I'm just looking for something that. 
or kickstart him in his head that he can be the man of the team. Yeah. You know, I watched, uh, I made a point to you off, off air, I watched the Brighton game yesterday, and Knockhart. Now, mm. you wouldn't say Knockhart is a better player than Junior. Not much in it, surely. All right? On their day, I'd actually say, uh, I'd take Junior. Yeah. Possibly highly, yeah. Right? So, you've got to say, well, how is he influencing games more? Or you might ask that question. Well, one, he's been there in, a, in the league an extra year. And two, he's playing with confidence if you look at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Junior's not playing with that I'm the man confidence. And if he if he gets that, then he's gonna be he's gonna be the star of the team. Him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do, do you think Knockout's uh, better than Knockout? Knockout's quite a special player, isn't he? Always, I would always say was the, in the championship. I would I mean, say what makes Junior better similar, than him, I think. I think what makes Junior better than Knockout is the fact that Junior can go either side. Yeah. Knockout's all left. Right. He's left, 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 left. Junior, and you just don't know what's coming with the magician. There's been plenty of good <laughs> players who only use their left foot, mm. especially uh, a couple of Welsh ones I can think of as well. Mm. We'll uh, leave that section there then, and we'll get on to our debate after a short break. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. The question I've got written down here is one that we discussed in the office, Paul. What's that? What problems are there that need to be solved for Cardiff City to get that first win and to get on the board? <laughs> I mean, it's a very wide-ranging one, but what I'm getting at is what's on Neil Warnock's to-do list. Maybe not this week, head of Man City, but certainly with games against Burnley and Fulham, both at home, around the corner. All right. What needs to be solved before that Burnley game? You, it's a cliche to say you build from the back, but you do. But I think defensively, Cardiff aren't far off. They're, they're okay-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're up against much better players. Yes, the flicks and the tricks are going to tear the defence apart at times. I think we expect that. I think defensively, though, the foundation is there. So the key, I guess, is how you then get your shape right that you've got the midfield control that you need to which obviously decreases the pressure on defence if you've got the ball more how you blend that with having more firepower up top I thought there was a I know I know there's you know a lot of Cardiff fans like Danny Ward and, and like Bobby Reid I thought there was a lack of firepower at Stamford Bridge to be honest with you um, in the further forward positions, disappointed in Medine as well when he came on. Disappointed that he let Rudiger bully him a bit. And there was one point where Rudiger had like roughed him up a bit, and I could see Neil Warnock's head was like red as a peach. He was boiling, mm. so and I, I've he, given... he shouted at. Sorry, mate. He, I just make this point. He shouted at the fourth official. And I noticed when Gary came back the halfway line, he was like looking for some sort of acknowledgement from Neil, and Neil's just like, just didn't wouldn't acknowledge him, and I think it was because being in that position, I'm expecting my player of his size and stature yeah. to put it on Rudiger, to put it on him. I don't care if he's a better player than you. I don't care if your touch isn't good. I don't care if you don't get a goal. Just go and let him know what we're about and put it on him Rudiger and David Luiz you're six foot three six foot four you've got a good set of shoulders on you you're a great size you, you you had some sort of reputation in the championship go put it on him kid you know what I mean I don't know what, what he's waiting for just go and smash him in the air mm. go and go, go and rough him up don't let him rough you up I was angry sat there watching Gary's reaction to Rudiger, I thought, I just my belly just started burning because I thought, mate, ah, oh my God, uh, we would have been, I might, I would have been face to face growling, <laughs> telling you I'm gonna rip your face off, I'm gonna see you in a tunnel, I'm gonna smash your next tackle, and I don't, I uh, just got me, it just you know what, riled funny, me, mate. I, I didn't, I didn't actually notice that that particular thing, but it's fascinating because. 
he was completely anonymous when he came Riled on. me, mate. I mean, and it riled me now. We get Blakey on McCorlicks or something. Because I'm like, Gary, I, I, 100%, you're a Cardiff player. And I'll support every single player. I don't care who you are, what your qualities are. You've got qualities to be a professional footballer. I understand that. But do not, don't care who it is, do not let anybody ever manhandle you on the pitch. Never, ever. I don't care if he's a giant. Mm. I don't care if it's Nesta, Cannavaro, Yapstam, Gary Pallister. Manhandle me? Not a chance. Not a chance. You might be playing a better team than me, but manhandle me? Nah, mate, it's not happening. And I just thought, come on, Gary, man. You know, if I'm in that dressing room, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to expose it and say, but I'm going to say to you, do you know what? Gee, see... Saturday, we're up against Man City. I want you to batter Vincent Company. John Stones. First chance you get. Because John Stones will give it you. <clears throat> right? And he will, he's not so great at the battle. Vincent Company wants it. So go on, throw down the gauntlet, get into it with him. Go and have that battle. And do you know what? I guarantee you, at the end, he'll respect you massively, regardless of the result. And you'll feel right. I can do that to anybody. I'm not sure we'll see Medina against City. In all honesty, because I was I was surprised that he came on before Zahor. As much as we've been debating Zahor in the office, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I had to get off my chest. Saturday, yeah, I was boiling, mate. Is that what that look was to me? It wasn't. It wasn't a knowing glance. It was an angry glance about Gary Medina. It was. It was. It it wasn't. No, it wasn't (laughs) focused on Gary. It was just that. That there. Just like I said. Uh, I had that bird in my belly where you used to long time well, ago. I guess what you need to see is, is fight from Cardiff players. And well, the, the that's thing what they do up front as well. The other thing fight. is, look, you know, you, you know, for me, there's no way that Medine should have come on ahead of Ken Zahor in that second half. However, he did. You know, with, with the greatest respect, he's not going to run past three players and score a goal, is he? He is there for the physical attributes. That's, that's, that's what he's there for. Rough him up, that. mate. Go and rough him up. Yeah. But what about that? Going back, sorry, to go back to the yeah, point the, the, was made. We're talking about the formula up front, yeah. and the, I'm guessing it's like. It's easier said than done, I've got to emphasise that. Well, it's like. Right? In every I feel team, sorry you need for to, Neil Warnock. You need to get your to... best players in your best positions, but you also need to find balance for the attack. So I think, although some people are a bit critical of this new 4 4 2, whatever you want to call it, I think it's Warnock's way of getting his best footballers on the pitch, because he couldn't find a way of getting Reed in the team. With that four three three, because there was no natural number ten in the four three three. So what he's trying to do is he's played. He's playing a sort of pseudo right winger. Can Reed as eleven and eleven then. I, I, he obviously doesn't think that Reed is a is a wide player. He thinks that Reed is best using a central attacking number ten role. So then he's got Camaras playing as, as a sort of right winger, which and he's didn't got, work Saturday. No, it didn't work for me either. Few but good touches I thought on, he did well against Arsenal in that position, mm, Camarasa. Mm. And then he want, obviously needs he wants Arta and Rouse in the team. That that's pretty evident. Mm. They're, they're his first choice pick. So he's, this is what he's come up with as a sort of compromise. Mm. Whether it's the right way to go forward, I, I was, I'm open to suggestions. I was I was looking at it and I thought the the question you posed earlier was you know to Paul, what can they do more? I I was like the final third. I think that needs to improve playing around the box, playing it wide. That's where your wingers need to get more involved. Your full-backs, Paul has just said a brave statement in Bennett being the best player Pound for, for Cardiff. Pound in, for in, pounds. That's your opinion, and I totally respect it. So getting pound for pound, our best full-back forward more, crosses in the box. You've got two players up front. Same on the right-hand side. OK, it's not going to be as much, because we know, OK, Except Bruno, <laughs> not a natural right back, right? But They're still a right back. Around the final third, things need to improve. Uh, keep in possession when you win it in midfield. So there's point. an occasion early on in the game where the ball, I think it was in the thir- first minute or two, the ball broke and it was Rawls came to Joe and Joe just booted it <laughs> forward. And I was like, okay. That straight away sets the panic alarm, okay? That presses the button. So, okay, in that situation, hence why I talk about having the four tight and one of the front men coming a bit deeper, 
between you, you need to play those little five-yard passes where you're out and you've practiced that, counter-attacking. And right, Junior, you're gone or, you know, Bennett, you're gone or whoever to give us the outlet wide, right? So there was that situation where when you win back possession, don't give it straight back. Try You're going to have to, whether you like it or not, the way teams are attacking Cardiff, they're not going to be able to just go back to front. They are going to have to play a bit through midfield. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, they're trying they, to do it as well. I think. Yeah. They are trying. Well, they, but it's, it's um, a gradual thing. I yeah, I, I would disagree. I'd say I don't think they're trying hard enough because right. I don't think they had enough men around the ball for Joe to pass it to, if you understand what I mean. So there's not enough options when like, the ball breaks down that. in midfield for Joe to go, here, you have it. And then Camarasa go, yeah, here you have it, really, really bang straight back to, you know, Camarasa or Reed or whoever. Is those little triangles? They got to know. They got to learn how to play out gradually, moving forward with those triangles, and then one release ball to either flank, like I said. So that's the second th- thing I said about the midfield for playing tighter and stopping the ball at source. Don't let people drill a 60, 50 yard pass from back to front through your midfield and front so that's six players gone out of the game straight away and then what was happening is like I said the one twos around the corner were, then they were right at either the last man or the goalkeeper and then also work on being counter-attacked you understand what I mean? yeah, yeah. so when it's your corner and you know this is our strength right we're at our strongest but we're also at our weakest so let's make sure when we have a corner how we set up Right, we're expecting if the keeper gets it, yeah, if the keeper comes and catches it, we're expecting Chelsea's left back to go, Chelsea's right back to go, Hazard's already up there, expecting like William to go, expecting Giroud to make up, we're expecting four or five players to go. Yeah. So let's work on how we, if that happens, where the keeper catches it, right. Someone's going to stop him, block him, take a yellow card, whatever, slow him down. That's one ploy. You know, who's going to be tracking left side, right side, centrally? And you, you, I don't know, mate. I just think it's just lots of different things where kind of attention to detail, I suppose it is. Can I make a slightly strange Please. point and maybe a point that you'll both disagree with? Mm. I think Cardiff need to do better from set pieces when they're attacking. I think they can do more. Mm. I think they could potentially be the Premier League's best team from mm. set pieces mm. with the height and the aerial presence they've got. Some of the balls from Rouse this season from set pieces haven't been that good for me. Mm. And Morrison, apart from in the last two games, first three games, he didn't win anything in the opposition mm. box, which is what you expect from him. Mm. Cardiff got two goals from set pieces this season. I think they could have four or five by now. You, you wouldn't though, Tom. You'd actually expect defenders to win those balls because they've got to get it away. It's just that it, Cardiff had more than their fair share of success from them last year because they've got more set pieces. The set piece is going to be far more well, In that limited. case, they've got to be clever I'd, at winning them I'd, in the final I'd, third. I'd be very... We don't know the figures. I'd be very interested if we looked at the ratios. I'm sure the ratio is no worse than last season in terms of the number of set pieces they've actually scored from, in terms of the number of set pieces they actually get in the first place. See what I mean? On the first three games, the ratio isn't zero in the first three games of the season. In the, in the Premier League. Yeah, but there would have been lots of games in the Championship where it was zero as well, with even more set-piece set piece opportunities, you know? But they've got, to be more, um, they've got to be more clinical in that case, because that is their... That is, it's as a percentage of the goals Cardiff are going to score this season set pieces should be bigger because they're going to get fewer chances from they're, they're coming up against much better defenders as well who are going to be clearing their lines you know when they come up against Liverpool Virgil van Dijk is not going to let Sean Morrison have a free header or anything like that you know these these are powerful powerful centre the point is that we saw at the World Cup that set pieces became a huge huge weapon for teams even top teams against top teams and there's no reason why Cardiff can't be the, can't be the number one team in the league on on that alone <clears throat> But they have to win a number of them to get the goal percentage ratio that we're talking about. That's understanding. They're not getting anywhere near the volume of yeah. set But that's pieces. what Blakey's talking about, playing through the lines and getting possession higher up the pitch. Absolutely, absolutely. They go hand in hand. And we said that, if you remember at the start of the season, they're not going to get the set pieces, set piece opportunities they had last year. Because Neil said early on, you know, we're kind of going to concede possession sort of thing. 
So you went out there with that frame of mind that we're going to just you know, concede possession and counter-attack when we can. Well, when you play that system, you know, well, last year we might have been getting 10, 12 corners a game. This year we're lucky to get three or four. Yeah. Right? So straight away your ratios uh, are more than halved. Is that why he wants to play, you know, go for it a little bit more? Because he knows that there'll be more set-piece opportunities to come from that. Yeah, but you don't go for it when you know your, your, your opposition are better than you. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it'd be like, you know, a boxer going into a ring, knowing he's fighting Anthony Joshua and, and saying, oh, I'm just going to drop my hands and dance around you. Okay, good luck with that. Mm. You know what I mean? What he's going to do, he's get on the defensive, he's going to block, he's going to curl up, he's going to spoil, he's going to hang on, he's going he's gonna to do everything to frustrate the opposition and hopefully just catch him with a sneaky right or left somewhere along the line. So that's the Burnley tactic of last season, pretty much. Isn't it? Basically, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I think you know, like I said, each game is almost an individual plan. You know, like I said, you Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea, Man United, and Tottenham. You can say okay, might slightly differ here and there, but relatively the same. You're gonna say we're gonna sit and we're gonna counter. Yeah, but against the likes of Brighton and Watford, you know, they're at the moment, Watford, how would you play them? You know, do you go for that? Or do you sit back and counter-attack? Or do you sit in a middle block, mid-third mid block, uh, middle block, sorry, or a deep third block? What do you do? You know, it's... it's you, so many different ones, you know? Yeah, and you Everton, have to watch Leicester, the opposition Palace. and say, well, they're similar to us. How did they approach the game? They got drummed 4-0. Well, we're not going down with that tactic. We're going to try and use a different tactic. and Or, well, they went there and got a 2-1 victory or got a 1-1. I tell you what, we'll adopt a similar sort of tactic as that. And, you know, you, you, you've got to, you know, someone's got to be up night and day, basically, looking for ways to how you're going to get... You started, we started off asking how we're going to get our first win. It's, no one's going to give it us. As you seen last night, that game last night was brilliant. Well, Southampton had it wrapped up, and they Southampton, they, right? But you've got to give Brighton credit. What they did then, and what Cardiff—that's what Cardiff and, must and not Sorry, avoid. that's that's Murray, by the way. Well, we've talked about Murray's him no better than Zahor. Well, that's another. You know what I mean, uh, Medine, he can do what Murray does. There's no, there's no difference in their pace. But Murray's just using all his experience and everything he's got, and he just, he's just a handful. He's not someone who you go, a oh, great player. He's just a handful. And he, he, he does everything to the best of his ability all of the time, or most of the time. So, Paul, final word. What's that? Um, what, what, problem, what, problem, what other problem can you think of that Cardiff need to solve? What is, what is a primary concern? Well, they're, they're all interlinked because, because by struggling in the final third of the field or not having complete midfield control it's going to mean extra pressure on your defence isn't it so you're going to concede goals against the better teams that way um, and if you're conceding and not scoring then you're not going to win games so I, I think defensively they're not far off what they need to be I don't think that this defence is that much inferior to say the Brighton defence that went up or and kept a number of clean sheets in the Premier League? I think defensively Cardiff are almost there, so the foundation is there. The the it's just getting that. It's it's too easy for fans to say which they do. Oh, the difference is in the final third. The difference is in the final third. Of course, the difference is in the final third because there are superior creative players in these better teams, but. Somehow Cardiff have got to bridge that gap, haven't they? Absolutely. They've got to bridge that gap. We can't mm. just say all the time... Oh, they're, they're better than us. They've got better quality in the final third. Yeah. yeah, they do. Well, but the top six are better than everyone who's below them. Yeah, but... They, <laughs> but they all pick up points off one Yeah, the, the gap has got to be bridged somehow. And, and I think getting that blend further forward is a work in progress still. Let's put it that way. I think Camaras and Arta are big pluses to this team. Um, they're more likely to keep the ball this season as a result of, of getting those two in the side. I think Murphy is is a big plus once we see him up and running properly. But getting that blend right is still working I think, progress. I, as I, I, I think Ada, Camarasa and, and uh, Gunnison 
that's where I think the midfield needs to the be. The secret lie, if you like. Yeah. And then uh, Murphy and hopefully Hoyler, if he can get in. But then I would have then your central striker, it's all about. And to me, the two boys have done well up front, but are still up for grabs, the central striker. Or, but I don't think you can play two if you've got the three in midfield. So no. I've got Kamarasa, um, Gunnar. Listen, we, we said before, you know, how did Cardiff get there? Did we dub them the Fab Four in the team, which is Zahor, Reid, Hoyler and Murphy? I think having seen what I've seen now after five games, got to concede that can't happen, right? He, he does need the three in midfield. Like Blakey, I'd personally go Gunnarsson, Arta and Kamarasa. So you've got three compact in midfield there. Mm-hmm. You've got... I love Joe Rowles. To me, Zahor's got to play up top, and then it's probably Murphy and, and Hoyler as the wide. Yeah, players. definitely. That's hard on Bobby Reid. That's yeah, hard yeah, on I would say, know, but, but I would they say they can't all play. Yeah, but I would say if Hoyler doesn't pick up, then really in you go. I, that's what I would say. You know what I mean? And I, at the end of the day, if you haven't got out and out players for the position or backup for the position. And players, you've got, you're going to have to adapt. Well, I'd rather have Bobby Reid as my number nine than Zahor on form, than Zahor Orward. I think Reid is a better footballer with it, with the ball on the deck than both than Ward or Zahor. I think maybe Cardiff just have to, have to adapt and play a different style if he's the number nine. Mm. But like you say, Blakey, each game is different. will be different and maybe Reid will be suited to playing more different teams to Ward or whatever. Mm. I just feel that for good Card- debate. It's a good debate. Yeah, I just feel that for Cardiff to really have hope, they need Ken Zahor fit and firing. You jump in the gun, Paul. We've got questions about the strikers coming up. What's it say about Ken that you know he's not? It worries me in the team. Blakey. He's not coming on. It worries me, Blakey. And then, then I would say, right. So knowing in the past how players are and react, I would say that's probably down to. His performance in training, right? And if his performance in training is that bad, you'd have to say, then Neil is obviously, he's telling you, basically, you've gone from number nine, number one, to number four Mm. in a space of three months. True, it's right, yeah. Right? So that is, to me, that's Neil giving you the biggest kick at the derriere well, ever yeah, and for you not to react not to react mate I swear then you know that's that's when the manager knows right I cannot rely on you so January comes he's probably gone and someone else comes in because at the moment I hate to say it but Neil's probably ruined the day turned down 20 million for him well can I get let's, let's go straight on to ask Blake because the question's Mainly involves a whore and strikers, so we'll, we'll merge these sections. Okay. We'll get straight on to a good question um, from Matthew Edwards on Twitter, who says, who would, be right, best, who would be best fit to play alongside Bobby Reid? This is assuming that Cardiff stick with the two up front system. Mm. He says, keep Danny Ward or bring Zahor as a target man. We haven't seen Zahor and Reid yet together as a partnership. I'm sure that's not I don't think anyone's played to the position to the to to the point where I would say those two, Matt. So, you know, as a partnership, I don't think Reed and Ward is strong enough. I think if Medine physically strong, yes, yeah. yes. I think if Medine was where he should be in his head, he would be, if not second choice, first choice. And then it's down to the whole whether or not what what do you want to do? What do you want from this season? What do you want to do for this this team, this manager, this club, your players? You know, because you're all mates, you're all in it. So, you know, do you want to watch on a Saturday and see your boys going down? Listen, if you're going to go down, I'd rather be on the ship with them than stood at the side watching it go down. That's just me personally, right? So, Kenneth needs to ask himself, Right, what do I want from this season? Because at the moment, it's passing him by. And you get to the point where you annoy a manager like Neil to that point where he can't rely on you and doesn't trust you. 
Uh, you won't see Kenneth again. I tell you that now. So you need to be careful. Well, Sam Marine on Facebook says, "Do you think Zaha should start? He thinks the only way to get him back to his best is to start him against Man City. He thinks that he says Zaha will be the only one who will forge chances." That's the way it goes. If you're if you're in training and you're giving poor performance, or you're moping around in training, the last thing a manager is going to do is expect you to step up against you know the best team, one of the best teams in Europe, or in a step up in any game. He's just you know. It's not going to happen. If you if you've got a, a player who, let's say, like if you go back thirty years to a Mick Harford, Mick Harford can do in training what he does in the game because he just smashes people. So you're not going to expect him to go and smash his teammate, but you still play him on a Saturday because you know what he's putting in training is like seventy percent, but the other thirty percent is the mad Mick, right? So if you're someone like Kenneth Hall or Gary Medine, you're giving your 70% because you know that other 20-30% turns you into a bit of a demon. So you're not going to do that and hurt your own players. I can understand that. But clearly, that's not happening. Well, yeah, I was going to say, so clearly Zahor is not even on 60% or well, whatever. Well, I we don't, don't know. We don't what, know I, there's clearly an issue. Right? There's clearly an issue. And but, Look what it took for him to get going last season. We had to buy a player in for five, six million quid to get him going. Now, the same player has stepped in front of him this season to go on as a sub. Now, how do you react? I know Monday morning, I'd be slightly embarrassed, but vexed that I'm going to go and I'm going to show everybody. Right? So they call it the bit between your teeth. He He needs to get it quick. Well, Nigel Harris says he was gobsmacked to see Medine play as a sub ahead of Zahor. I was. I was surprised, yeah. Was. He says Medine, He says he doesn't think Medine is up to this level, but Zahor really can be if he, if he gets a kick on. I agree with but that. Was that, was, that a, was it a more of a political Yeah, we decision? know that, though. Who, who, who said that question? Uh, Nigel, Nigel Harris. Nigel, we know that. We know that um, uh, Medine is probably just underneath the level of a Premier League player. And we know that Zahor is probably, could be a good Premier League player. But could, still could be. Probably. Yeah. Could be. But you have to do it first, don't you? It's that word potential that creeps up in right. football Right, you have to do it, don't you? And like I said, the, you're not going to get to do it by saying, oh, well, why are you putting on Medine before Zahor? Well, I'll tell you why. Probably because Medine's been trying and working harder in training and given a better performance than Kenner had. I'm just guessing at that. I don't know it. But that's the only reason I can think you would put Gary ahead of Kenneth. When last year you bought Gary to kickstart Kenneth. It don't make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? It's like a Rubik's Cube that keeps changing when you try and... Uh, but this is football, mate. That's it. players. They're real, real, real hard bunch to work out that's where you get paid so well I'm, from my I'm management I'm school from the from our first from the first message that Matthew that the, Matthew is it the only way was it Matthew or one, one of them that you mentioned that the only way you're going to get Zahor up and running is to play him he's no. barely he's barely it's no, not fair Paul no I know but he's barely played Blakey is the point I'm making yeah but it's it right if you're, Neil, come a point if you're Neil Warnock right if you're Neil Warnock in training and I'm Kenneth Zahor and Dominic's Medine Right, and in training, you've been with me now for eighteen months. You can tell my mood is different. I'm not happy. I'm a bit mopey. I've not really been putting it in. Are you then going to rely on me to go in the battle tomorrow? We don't know for certain that's the case, but clearly but, there's an oddity here, isn't there? That, well, that, I, I, I'm, I would say, speaking from experience, experience, is probably that. Yeah. Right, because Neil clearly loves Kenneth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But is feeling at the moment let down by him, I'm, and I'm just re- trying to read between lines here. Do you think? Do you think the fact that that it became clear that was it Tammy Abraham he wanted as his first choice striker? Well, yeah. that has, that's come out was, since, was, is, Has that got anything to do with it, do you think? Well, no, because Tammy's not here. So, you but know. he was the first choice, so... No, but he, he wasn't was the first his... choice. He was never He was there's, never there's, there's no, There's no... Uh, what's the goalkeeper's name we bought? Um, the new ones? Yeah, Smithies. 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 Well, 
speak to Everidge then is that the case so just because he's in he, he's now got my number one shirt speak to Joe Bennett Greg Cunningham came in right I haven't seen him no but Neil specifically said he was he would have built the team around Tammy didn't he well he said he wanted to, to was lead it, the was line it, wasn't that I thought he said built the team around no you're not going to build the team around Tammy, Tammy, Tammy or make him his main man then sorry I mean, the yeah, terminology if that's the case if that's the case when I was playing I probably would have played about 20 games in my whole career, right? Because managers can say things subliminally to get you going, yeah. right? And you can read it and read into it if you want, or you can just say, adopt the attitude, uh, I'm going to show you. I still feel, allowing for all of these subplots, and, and you know, you, it's hard to disagree with a lot of what's being said here, for Cardiff to start winning games and to retain their Premier League status, they're going to need Kenneth Zahor and probably Junior Hoylet firing. I think that is what is needed to. to get Tell me last season running. what was Kenneth's best game you you felt? Last Leeds, season, Leeds at home. he played Leeds early doors, and then that's he, uh, how he's going to have to play as a basic ask, because I know. There will be another level above that for Kenneth yeah. to play up to. Yeah. But to handle the Premier League, he's going to have to play at that, that level. Was a year, that was literally a year ago, United, wasn't it? Literally a year Week ago. in, week out. All right. So his best. That's how you got to think when you uh, when you're in football. You, st- yeah, I remember when we won the league with Cardiff. All right. And I'll tell you a quick story. We won the league with Cardiff. Remember that, yeah? Yes, of course I remember. I was at Scunthorpe with <laughs> right. you. I was there interviewing right. you that And I remember probably. thinking to myself, going into the summer, right, going on holiday, but thinking to myself, on holiday, weeks before we got back to pre-season training, we're going up the league. Got to be better. Got to be more consistent. Got to score more goals. Got to... It's self-pressure you put on yourself. You have to, Right? And then when you go up, and I remember going into training, first day at um, Triforest, and yeah, psychologically, I know what I need to do, what I need to do, what I need to do, right? I won't tell you the person's name, but one of the other players come back and his thought process had gone the other way. Right. Yeah, he put on too much weight, he wasn't playing up to where he should be, Physically wasn't there, mentally wasn't there, because he had gone the other way and, and relaxed then, if you like. Yeah. Rather than think, I've got to go again. I've got to. So you're not done until you retire. It's always, you're always chasing, 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 chasing. I thought that when I knew the podcast was going to be a Premier League podcast, I started to listen to more podcasts, do my research, you know. There we go. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, a, can I just ask one question? One word from each, from each of us. I've been asking on a Twitter poll okay. today. Which Cardiff striker will score the most goals this season? One word. Ward. Paul? No idea. Paul? Zahor. <laughs> Sorry, speak up. Zahor. <laughs> Good job. Or it. maybe the striker they buy in January. <laughs> Read for me. Okay. Right, time for a break and then time for some predictions. Well, at least ours is on the pitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So, Nathan, we always ask you for your weekly Premier League predictions. And last week you had a good week, I have to say. Did I? With um, one exact correct scoreline which was Watford 1, Manchester United 2. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And four other correct results, whereby you got the the gist of it right. You got mm. the Chelsea win, I think. You got the... I can't remember what else I've got. You've got it written down, not me. But anyway, let's get on to this week's Premier League predictions, and we'll do Cardiff last, and we'll finish the podcast with all of our predictions for Cardiff's easy game against Manchester City this weekend okay. Blakey take it away for this week's Premier League game ok so we've got Fulham Watford first I'm going to go Watford 3 Fulham 1 mm. uh, I don't think Fulham have started how they expected and I think Watford are probably up and above what they expected losing on the weekend Watford have come back I think because um, they're a very good team 
Burnley v Bournemouth. I've gone um, two one Bournemouth. I think Burnley foot of the table. Bournemouth flying high. Very good team. Eddie Howe, great manager, good football, and I think Burnley are suffering from a bit, not just European, but General belief. Hangover. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've gone two one to Bournemouth. Uh, Cardiff were doing at the end. Palace, Newcastle. I've gone two nil to Palace because I think um, Wilf is back. Yeah. And uh, he plays, they win. Yeah, um, but just to. Uh, go off track a bit before you came Wolf was here wasn't he at Cardiff at one yes, point Yes. that's where a player without confidence because he was average for Cardiff that's a great example right? yeah. but look at him now Yeah, with confidence that's what confidence can do for a player right it can break you or it can make you very so good point just a quick point there um, so 2-0 Palace Leicester Huddersfield I've gone Leicester 2, Huddersfield 1. I actually went 1-1, one, one, but I've changed it 2-1 to Leicester. <laughs> Is that because you want Huddersfield to lose? So Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, Dom. You know me too well. But I do think Leicester did do a good result as well. Uh, Liverpool v Southampton. I've gone 3-1 Liverpool. I think Ings again on the score sheet at the level there. And then Liverpool run away two or three more goals. So 3-1 them. Um, Manchester United Wolves this is probably the game of the weekend for me wow uh, because Wolves uh, are astonishing they've been brilliant I have to say last season and this um, they absolutely hammered Burnley on Sunday and it just about well it just shows the quality of their recruitment also the players they brought in over the two seasons you know it, they have got players who you knew could play in the Premier League last season and they've just added to that so you know, all power to them. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, Man United 2, Wolves 2. Very interesting. And then we've got Brighton v Spurs. Brighton, as you saw last night, they, uh, Monday night, they just fight to the very end. Very good. Chris Hewton, good manager, mate. Such a good manager. So underrated, but... Spurs on a bit of a hangover as well, you know that high tempo. I would have thought Brighton will go with uh, with Chris Hutton. I'm gonna go with a surprise two-one victory for Brighton against Spurs. Mm-hmm. West Ham Chelsea. Oh, hell of a game! You know this is a real ding dong. But the way West Ham played. Yesterday, day before yesterday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday, surprised a lot of people. Was, yeah, they were very good, although that still felt they could be got at pretty simply. So, I'm gonna go to West Ham and four Chelsea. Wow, and then Arsenal Everton. I think this again would be a very close game, but I'm gonna go Arsenal three, Everton two. Lots of goals there, Nathan. I love a goal, Don. Let's uh, see if you can add to your tally, which uh, doing quite well for the season. I don't even look. I give them to you, then I don't. I don't like keep iron it. You wait until until you tell me. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I've got a lot of time for that. Finally, from all of us, I don't expect any of us to predict a Cardiff win against Man City, but let's say say what we think is going to happen. Starting with you, then, Nathan. It's very hard to, to even no, feel it's positive, easy. isn't it? It's easy to predict. Well, it's easy predict. to predict, yeah. Yeah, you just, like, you know, if Cardiff get out of there conceding less than three goals, they've done all right. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, Man City could put six past you. They could put nine past you. But I'm going to go with 3-1 Man City. Paul? Um, I think that's optimistic, Blakey. To be honest with you, and I'm not. I'm usually. Yeah, not I'm going on our set piece and that confidence building on that side of things a bit there. A loss uh, is a loss, though, Dom. Really, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to go a bit tighter than that. I'm going to go two one. So that's uh, that's even more optimistic. 
I don't want to be the uh, the doom the doommonger of the podcast. Just but be the I, honest one. Um, four n- four nil four nil for me. I actually thought that, but I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna stick with my three one. I think that's just more because City are good than Cardiff are poor. To be honest with you, I think City beat a lot of teams four nil this season. They'll probably beat some of the top teams four nil this season. And then some, yeah. Well, away, thank you very much. Away from home. Yeah. They're probably better away from home. Just as good. Right, anyway, that's about it. all we've got time for on today's podcast. Thank you to Paul and oh, Nathan. Can we just give a little mention to, I've seen front of the paper, Enzo. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Carl Zaki. Uh, very sad. Absolute legend. Great guy. And Joe, well, one of our best, one of the world's best. So, yeah. from the boot room, from all of us. Condolences. Our own tribute friends. to Enzo. Because, uh, oh, Joe's a good guy as well. I, I've, I've known him. I've known him so for yeah. many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, and I see Joe about from time to time. And do you know so. what? I used to cover boxing some as well as well as football. Um, and in you know, I was there at the start of the Calzaghi era. Mm. Um, and do you know, and all the time, all the time that I've been up to the gym there or or met Enzo wherever. We hardly ever talked boxing. All we ever did was discuss the Italian football team in Juventus. Yeah, yeah, he was me. such a bundle of energy. Though, yeah, you know. yeah, so great stuff. Great man, gonna be missed. Thank you very much. Thanks both for your contributions today. Don't forget, you can listen to the Boot Room on iTunes, on Wales Online, or on Acast, and you can read all our Cardiff City content on Wales Online too. The podcast is brought to you by Giovanni's, and we'll be back for another one very, very soon.